o'clock. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Monster Cast. I'm your host, Jack Dahl Jr., joined by my co-host, Ryan Dahl, and we got a great show for you today. Uh, some sad news, though. First, uh, Ryan still has not gotten his birthday present. It is now the 17th. His birthday was on the 12th, and uh, I promise it'll be worth it when it gets there, and we'll yeah, we'll uh, keep you all updated, but I did get a email yesterday from Pro Wrestling Crate, and I will be getting my uh, bestsellers crate soon, so maybe next week, uh, or sometime this week now, technically, uh, mm -hmm. sometime this week I will be doing a unboxing video for that so we'll see what happens uh ratings for week nine is aw 654,000 to nxt 604,000 25 5 and 1 is aw now and now they've won four times in a row since their two-week drop-off against nxt uh random thoughts nxt first i got a couple things uh damian priest being the fucking attacker of finn balor was underwhelming to say the least so a guy who can't beat Pete Dunne or Keith Lee or Dijakovic or at the very least goes into 50-50s with them, I'm supposed to take seriously as a threat to Finn fucking Balor? Well, they got I mean, they got to do something with him. Like they, the, the way I see it is, like, these people need to have programs, and obviously it's not something that we're super thrilled about or anything, but it's something for Balor to do without, So the, you you're, know, you're saying that they just threw... You're saying that they just threw Priest in here just so they can hold over until they can get Walter back? Uh, yeah, I would I would say so. That makes the most sense to me because um, obviously with the, the travel and all that shit, they're not going to be able to do the program that they want to do with Balor and Walter right now. So he's got to have some kind of interim program. Why couldn't they keep Balor heel and have him attack Keith Lee in the same fashion and set up Balor versus Keith Lee for the North American Championship instead? Yeah, I, I mean, I could do that too. Keith Lee sure the fuck ain't got nothing going on right now. Yeah. Well, maybe whoever comes out of this is, is going into that. Who or knows? maybe a Cameron Grimes who lost to Finn Balor, but then won, la won this week in a upset, and he could have been the one to attack Finn Balor to get him back for the shit that they were going through before, and you could have kept that storyline going. Yeah. I mean, Either there's... one of those are better than Damian Priest. Like, Damian Priest, who's lost the last two weeks, is now I'm supposed to take seriously as the person who attacked Finn Balor three weeks ago. Like, oh, by the right. way, while I was trying to get this North American title, I was like, fuck it, I'm going to attack this guy that over here too. Fuck it. Really? I think that a part of that too is that they're even, – even though they're booking him to lose, I think they're higher on him than fans are. So they're trying to make him relevant by yeah, putting him I mean, in stuff. I, we already know that. I'm not super high on Damian Priest. I don't yeah. hate him, but I don't see – why he is currently where he is with basically proving nothing in WWE, but or NXT for this matter. Uh, but just storyline-wise, to me, it literally makes no sense, and I don't see how I'm supposed to take this guy seriously. Hmm. It's not one of those people like a Gargano that can just keep taking losses, and people are still supposed to think that he can win. Well, I think part of it, too, is they put all that effort into his repackaging from... Uh... Punishment Martinez or whatever, so they're just trying to make something of it and see if it sticks, and if it doesn't, then I don't know, man. It's it's strange to me because like I don't feel like anybody's ever really, and this isn't a knock on on him. It's not necessarily his fault, but like I don't I don't feel like everybody's really like cared to see him like at all ever it, since he's been in NXT. Like, he wasn't I've never... even big enough in Ring of Honor to be a big deal when he came over to WWE in the first place. 
Yeah, I just there's no excitement behind him, and I don't know that that's like. And again, like I don't hate him in the ring or anything. He's not awful. He's just there's no there's no interesting character work, and this is also not interesting character work. So. Um, also from NXT, Riddle gets turned on by Thatcher and Imperium benefits by winning the NXT tag titles. Um, didn't I say a while ago that it didn't make any sense that they would just throw this random dude like with Riddle and that from a storyline perspective, it would make way more sense if they just didn't get along like him and Dunn did. Yeah, they never clicked. They never clicked. But but here's here's where I here's where I would like to see the storyline go, and it's not going to. But I would like to see it go this way. I would like to see it eventually end up being where Dunn comes back and holds the loss against Riddle, gets with his friend and turns heel because you know Pete Dunn hasn't been heel in a while, and Pete Dunn's a really good heel. Pete Dunn gets with Thatcher, and then they beat the shit out of Riddle, and Tyler Bate comes in to help out Riddle and then eventually at like a NXT takeover you have a Riddle and Bate versus Thatcher and Dunn match which would I think would be fucking badass. Yeah. Um but yeah so so I under, I get I get that really the the really, really the reason that they took these titles off is because Dunn's not there. So if you look through the history of the last month or and a half or so anybody that is not being able to be there is basically uh getting their titles taken from them for people that can be there. You got Jordan Devlin, who's the interim champ or the, uh, who's going to fight the interim champion whenever he comes back. They're having a tournament for his shit. You had, uh, Becky drop her thing, which we'll talk about obviously, um, in a very creative way. You know, everybody gets this creative way to get the titles off them, except for Sami Zayn. He's like, fuck you, Sammy. Uh, just give us the title back. Uh, but other than that, everybody else, um, they've just been taking their titles in different storyline ways, just so that they don't say on TV, hey, COVID-19 is really fucking up our shit. We got to vacate all these titles uh, via WCW 2001, and we're just going to start over. Um, so I get it that Riddle and uh, Thatcher lose the titles. Not not that big of a deal for me. Also, if you're going to ever give Imperium a run with the titles, now would be the chance because you get them to go against two guys that are having issues because right. Imperium can't win against anybody else that's a cohesive tag team for some reason. Um well, it's a it's a good yeah. I felt like this was a really good way to get the belts off of them and to them. And not, like they used and, the right team yeah. to put them on too, though, because now it kind of bolsters up the Imperium for a year down the road. Like, okay, and doesn't hurt the doesn't hurt the credibility of Dunn versus and Dunn and Riddle if they ever get back together. So Correct. Yeah, they protected yeah. Riddle obviously because Thatcher walked out on his teammate. So yeah, right. and now you get another feud. Now, I don't know where Imperium goes from here as far as the tag team that they'll be feuding with because they're a heel team and there's not really any face teams in NXT. Yeah. So that's weird, but we'll see what happens. And it also helps out um, Imperium as a whole because Walter is still NXT UK champ. And now mm-hmm. they got the tag champs over here as well in uh, NXT. So, so overall I didn't hate it, but I really would love for it to end up being riddle versus bait or riddle and bait versus uh Thatcher and Dunn at an NXT TakeOver, I think that would could be really fucking good. Um, yeah. All right, so moving on to Money in the Bank thoughts right quick, because, you know, that was the really the first show of the week. Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't I don't know what the fuck. I mean, the show actually wasn't bad. I don't hate – I didn't hate the show. I'll get that out the way first. I actually liked a lot of the stuff that either people also liked or even some people didn't like. Um 
It's insane to me that Jeff Hardy versus Cesaro was on the kickoff show, but R-Truth versus MVP was on the main show in the second match, and then that match gets pulled anyway. So that match yeah. never really fucking happened. So I don't even know what the fuck happened with our predictions, but they weren't great. Um, I didn't dislike the Bailey tamina match. Wasn't interested in it going in, and because you know Bailey was 100% winning, and we all knew that. But I was right. still, I was still kind of like pleasantly surprised with how solid it was. Really sucks that uh, Bailey is finding her footing in her new character finally, only to lose her title to fucking Sasha, right? Because she's just now clicking with this new heel character, and she's pretty much gonna lose it at SummerSlam, is the way I see it. Um, but the story has been building forever. And now pulling the trigger on the title switch right when she's starting to get really good with this new heel character is going to be a downside to the whole thing. Yeah. Um, I'm also trying to figure out how AJ Styles did not win the Money in the Bank when he clearly had the briefcase in his hands. Oh, I posted a screenshot. I posted a screenshot on Twitter of him literally holding it off the latch. No, off the no latch, part of the latch with was touching Corbin it. not touching two hands, it. two hands, two is, hands. I mean, like, is this the NFL where we have to make fucking a wrestling move with a briefcase to consider it a catch? I mean, where's the fucking line here? Because Styles not winning the match was actually, um, even with Styles not winning, the actual match was really entertaining to me. I enjoyed it all the way up till the Rey Mysterio and Black getting tossed off their fake death thing. That was fucking stupid. Then it went. Then after that, it went a little downhill. But up till that point. With Asuka winning, and uh, I actually had had her written down as my pick, by the way, to win. Changed it right before the fucking show started last Sunday to Shayna. And that's why I said, if Baszler loses this, I'm never picking fucking uh, Shayna Baszler again. And go figure. Also, comes out later that before the whole Becky Lynch thing, Shayna Baszler was supposed to win that, just like she was supposed to win the fucking Royal Rumble. And I don't fucking care anymore. I'm not picking Shayna Baszler ever again. She burned me fucking twice. I also stated that there was no way that Raw would win both Money in the Bank matches, correct, even though I still picked two Raw people. I would have rather Daniel Bryan win from the SmackDown side, but I guess Otis will be the exception to the rule as far as world title wins from Money in the Bank go, unless he cashes it in on something stupid like Adam Cole or the tag team titles or something like that. There's been too many successful cash-ins recently, especially now with the women and men getting one a year, so I believe Otis will probably lose his cash-in whenever it takes place. What say you? about Money in the Bank. Uh, how did you feel about the Money in the Bank matches, etc.? Obviously, I really like the four-way uh, tag team match, too, by the way, with the New Day, yeah. Forgotten Sons, um, Lucha House Party, and uh, Miz and Morrison. I thought that was a really good match, too. And then, of course, um, we both agreed as well, as well that uh, McIntyre and Rollins was really fucking good. Yeah. I mean, there's a bunch of stuff that made Top 5 this week um, from that. Well, like, overall, not... as a pay-per-view, you thought... You looked, you thought going in that this shit was going to be garbage, and it actually ended up being pretty solid, right? It was okay. Uh, I I ended up hating the the main match as much as I figured I would. Um, I did not. I, I you can't do it half cinematic. There was like a couple good spots in there, but they were all AJ Styles spots. Um, the like, shit with him. Are you talking about just the male side? You mean? Yeah, yeah. Okay. The, I mean, the women's the women's side was cool. I, I didn't yeah. mind that so much. But specifically, I like a lot of the stuff on the women's side. Like the if, women's they were, stuff, if they were two different matches, like if you could just split them up, the women's match would be higher on my list than the men's yeah. match for sure. Yeah. The other the other part of the women's match too is I didn't like when they ran into the guys. The women all acted fucking scared of the guys, except for Shayna Baszler who, who choked out Rey Mysterio. <laughs> that that awesome. I was fine with. That was. But awesome. like the rest of them all acting like, oh no, it's men's. Like that was weird. I didn't like that. Um, the, 
I, I hated the fucking slapstick goddamn Dana Brooks slips and falls and she's just out. Like, that's stupid. Um, the throwing Aleister Black and Rey Mysterio off the roof, but then it comes out on Monday, all oh, we fell on another roof that was only six feet down. We're fine. <laughs> like, that was yeah. weird. But, but if you were only six feet down and and you got Aleister Black and Rey Mysterio down there, you're telling me they couldn't get back up there in time? Uh, yeah. Because you play, I mean, you think about how much of the match happened after that. But they played it off like they were basically dead and done for, right? But if they only fell six feet, which is, uh, which is a little bit higher than a fucking turnbuckle, you're jumping off, when you jump, if you actually jump off the top rope, you're six feet in the fucking air. Easily. So you're telling me that that fall (laughs) killed them to the point where, you know, Another 10, 15 minutes go by in the match, and they can't get back in it? Uh, Alistair Black is higher than six feet, so he could have clearly climbed up. At least Rey Mysterio is too small. Like, if Rey, if Alistair Black came back up and Ray didn't, Ray just couldn't jump up there. <laughs> but mm-hmm. Alistair Black should be able to fucking get back up there if it was only six feet down. That makes no fucking sense. Yeah. So uh, I didn't like that. I didn't like that part at all, actually, to be honest with you. There was definitely some stuff in there that didn't really make sense. Um, I like the – I didn't mind the Dana Brooks slip. It was a callback to her boy Titus, I guess, because they used to be together with the Titus Worldwide thing. That's didn't, a, didn't that's hate a it. fucking reach, but okay. I think it was, actually. I think that is what it was, to be honest with you. It's not a reach at all. And I think I, – I thought it was dumber that she thought the fucking money in the bank was above the damn table. See, that, I thought that was dumber than the fucking slip. That I thought was funny. She should have just took the cash. Yeah, maybe. I would have bounced with the cash. You just found a fucking briefcase full of money, and you said, "Fuck it, I'm going up. I'm going up another fucking flight of stairs to, to uh, try to get a title instead." Mm. That cash right there would have been the more than the fucking winner's purse that you would have got for winning the money or winning the match. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I thought actually Dana Brooke kind of shined in it a little bit. I think Asuka really shined in it, obviously. Um, Shayna Baszler had her. I think that's why I think the women's match was better because everybody had a fucking moment that you remember for sure. See, the thing that I didn't like about the women's match, and obviously everybody would have bitched if they actually did this, but I would have liked it, is after Asuka hits that fucking splash off the top, why didn't she just take the elevator to the roof? I thought she did. She didn't go all the way up. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. She didn't go all the way up. I don't know why she didn't go all the way up. Like I don't nobody was gonna stop her. Yeah, I didn't understand that part either. But or you're already one fucking floor ahead of everybody. They're all down there by themselves. Why didn't she just take the elevator immediately instead of jumping on them? They're all gonna fight amongst themselves. Yeah. Like I don't know. So the logic of the match obviously wasn't there. But you know, yes, looking but... for logic in a match like this is also pointless. Well, they could have done a thing like. Okay, so you know how Dana Brooke got that briefcase, right? Let's just yeah. pretend that briefcase had nothing in it. What if each floor had a briefcase and you couldn't go up to the next floor? Nobody could move up to the next floor until somebody grabbed that briefcase. Oh, like Super Mario Maker? Yeah, or like fucking <laughs> grabbing the flags on guts or something. You know what I'm saying? Like so, something like that. Like, yeah, you got to find the shit. So so when Dana Brooke pulls that fucking briefcase off, now everybody is eligible to go up to the next floor. You get what I'm saying? Because you don't want 30 goddamn briefcases hung up on every floor, right? So you can't say you have to grab a briefcase before you can go because you don't want that many briefcases hanging up from the thing, right? But Mm -hmm. it still makes sense if you 
only wait for that one person to grab it because the one person that grabs it is usually going to have the advantage anyway. Like Dana Brooke, when she grabbed it, everybody else was laid the fuck out. Yeah. Like Asuka, everybody would have been laid out because she splashed him. So if she would have grabbed the briefcase, like if it was sitting down somewhere or at a table somewhere, she could have grabbed it and then got in the elevator. And then it would have made sense that she only went to the next floor because you're not allowed to go past the next floor unless you grab the briefcase. Right. Yeah, that would have made more sense. That could have put more logic into it for the, sure. The Tower of Doom strategy. Yeah, I mean, it's better than what the fuck we got, though, right? I mean, it's more logical than what we got. Like, so when I don't understand why, Oscar, unless Asuka doesn't understand English numbers, and that's why she just pressed the fucking first button <laughs> she could get to. I mean, what else are you going to explain it? How are you going to explain it away? I'm, I'm pretty sure even in Japan, elevators have the uh, the highest floor in the same I'm place. Just saying, but... I'm just saying, like, how else are you going to explain it away? Like, I feel like the uh, my little uh, logic inserter with the different briefcases for each floor makes sense. And you could actually have a number on it, each one, one, two, three, or whatever the fuck. They, how many ever? I didn't like the fact that they act like they were going to fight through three or four steps of stairs when clearly the building is higher than fucking three or four floors. That made no sense to me. Mm. Unless you have a designated, a designated every five floors is one of the rooms type deal. Yeah. Um. I uh. Oh. I, I mean, there were there were a lot of different ways to book that, I guess, but like, it's just I. I don't know, man. In general, I, I did not like. I did not like the presentation. Like, I felt like if you're gonna go cinematic, then go cinematic, and if you're not gonna go cinematic, then don't. But I don't know. It was just too much back and forth. I also, obviously, I'm not a big fan of, um, of Otis winning. But that's that's a whole. That's neither here nor there. We can talk about that in a little bit. But like, we'll talk about that when we talk about top five shit maybe or whatever but the the whole otis stuff in general to me is just uh, i don't get it but um there were out to dry huh at least tucker out to dry unless he's gonna fucking catch well, it in and I yeah so that's that's what, that's what i'm getting at and I, I guess we'll just go ahead and cover it now then so if you look at the stuff from uh from smackdown like wh- i don't why is he teaming up with Braun Strowman instead of Tucker? Out, like, I get that Tucker's probably like he's not able to come or like he's out or whatever, but they're doing this whole angle where it kind of like what what do you do with Tucker after this? Yeah, I I don't I don't understand what his place is when he comes back. Um, I don't understand Otis Otis getting this big a push in the beginning. You know what it reminds me of? It's like I, I it's like the if you compare it to the way that AEW is pushing Orange Cassidy, and I know that's a weird comparison, but You've got this like groundswell of fan support for this like non-standard kind of character, and the way that AEW handles that is okay. We're gonna we're gonna kind of put him out in small doses, and like you're gonna appreciate it a lot when he is out there and when he does do something cool. Um, he's still gonna be super popular. We're we're gonna push him, but not down your fucking throat, um, because like he is such a niche character that like it'd be hard to to really put him at the top of the card. Whereas with WWE, they're like, okay, we saw the mistakes that we made with Daniel Bryan, so now that we have this guy who's also he's not a Daniel Bryan, yeah. He, now that some fans got behind him because of that one storyline and because he's kind of funny, yeah. they're just like, oh, let's fucking push him to the moon and ha- start having him – like he wins money in the bank. He's got tag matches with the, the Universal Champion. like Or not Universal. Uh, 
No, you're right. Oh, yeah, he is the Universal. That's right. The blue shit always confuses me, man. Um, but yeah, I just the it's blue universal. Blue universal. That is a good way to remember. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> it's just it's so weird to me, like they're that they don't get that with the right people. Like this was not the time to do this. And I know that we've bitched before, like oh yeah, they don't they don't strike while the iron's hot. Like they they hold on to to talent that's getting too popular too long. But this is a case where it would have made sense to do that because Otis's character is not one that can carry a company. Yeah. It's funny. Like, he's good. He's strong. He's not a great wrestler. Talking like this all the time and being fat is not enough to fucking headline multiple pay-per-views. Yeah. So I don't... don't, It it doesn't make sense. What really pissed me off was a tweet a couple days ago. And somebody said he's the modern day Dusty Rhodes, and I almost lost my shit. I almost lost my shit. I didn't see that, but I I am. I don't remember. I don't remember who said it. I please show me one fucking promo Otis has ever done that sold like one tenth of the tickets as a Dusty Rhodes promo has. Please. Hold on, I gotta see if I even quote tweeted it and said anything because I was like, bro, being fat doesn't make you Dusty Rhodes. Oh, yeah. Okay, so, no, guess who it was? It was WrestlingInc.com. Oh, great. It. One day ago, hear me out. Otis is a modern-day Dusty Rhodes, question mark, hashtag no. SmackDown. Hashtag SmackDown. Not and uh, so I, yeah, I quoted, I quote tweeted, and I said, I hear you, but thank God I'm not listening to you. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking ridiculous, dude. Oh, boy. Not even close, and almost no one agreed with that post either, so I'm, at least the wrestling community can agree on that. Great um, Kali, a modern day Andre the Giant. Yeah. Um, no, he's not. Yeah. So that was that was pretty fucking brutal. Uh, also on NXT, love the in your house tag for NXT Takeover. That's that's the quality thought put into something that we get from AEW often and sometimes NXT. But the thing we always claim is missing from WWE. By the way, you got the 25th anniversary of in your house. You got Takeover. You don't use the in your house shit. Why not bring it back? It makes sense with the quarantine thing because everybody's in their fucking house. I thought it was a great setup. You had DX announce it. I thought it was really fucking good, and I'm actually looking forward to it. Do you like the in-your-house tag put onto the NXT for this? Yeah, I'll tell you what I, what I didn't like about that, and it's got nothing to do with the in-your-house stuff. That's all. That's cool. Like, it's it's nostalgic for us, obviously, because we yeah. had – yeah. But, that's what we watched, yeah. <laughs> right. But what I did not like about this was that they they teased it as an announcement from Regal, and the Regal doesn't fucking show up at all. I wanted to see Regal, man. Yeah. You give me you you promise me Regal, and then you don't give me Regal. I'm not happy. Well, that's like, I, yeah. Well, you got Stone and Hunter. That's great. But yeah. come on, man. Um, Undertaker last <sighs> ride. I watched the first episode. I will say, yeah. I'm gonna just throw this out there. I don't know. You still haven't watched it yet? No. Huh? No. Nope. Okay. Well, I will say that I'm not a huge fan of the Blue Lives Matter shirt that he wears, by the way. And by no means am I a fucking police Texas guy. Texas Republican. I, I get that, but I just don't think that he should have worn it on this fucking documentary. Like, I'm sure you have other shirts. You got a shit ton of WWE shirts and pay, old pay-per-view shirts and all this other shit. You Mr. McMahon's wearing. out there wearing a Taz shirt. Yeah, that was fucking weird. That's well, not the weird. same thing, though. But it was yeah. weird. Uh, that's like – that to the the fucking comparison I would make to that when I saw that picture is like dad wearing like an old apartment complex shirt from mom. <laughs> right? Like it was, I just have it. It was free. 
I'm wearing it. It's like my hangout shirt. Uh, That's basically what that was for Vince. Vince probably didn't even know that was fucking Taz's shirt when he put it on. Honestly, let's be real. He probably thought um, it was Goldberg, bro. <laughs> <laughs> same tribal shit. <laughs> uh, anyway, so I'm not a huge fan of that. But by no means am I a fuck the police guy, even though I do believe that they need to be held responsible in some way a civilian would be when they fuck up, and they're clearly not. But I'm not going to judge a guy solely on a shirt that he wore in a documentary. This is about the documentary. Part one was the 13-minute first look preview plus about 40 more minutes, right? So you know when they had a 13-minute preview? That's the first 13 minutes. That's not a preview in the middle of the episode or anything. That's the beginning. Um, I really enjoyed it for the same reasons I enjoyed I enjoyed like the Talk is Jericho podcast like we talked about last week with the episodes with the guys who leave WWE. It's a look inside on something that you never get to see. It was intriguing to me, very interesting. You get to see uh, – uh, take it. They actually show like they actually had Jericho in it. Jericho had shit in it. You see J him and Jericho talking. You see Jericho. They actually like do you know how they do the documentary thing where they sit down with the people and they talk? Jericho actually has a spot in it. Um, so they so Undertaker really made sure that the people he respects in the business were still in this documentary and not cut out, even if they didn't work for WWE anymore, because he wanted to stay true to his documentary and wanted to tell his story. I mean, if we're gonna do this, we're gonna do the shit correctly type deal. Um. So I liked it. Um, I think the second episode is out already. I haven't watched that yet. Well, I mean, part um, of that but is I really liked too, it. like, I'm sure that a lot of this editing and stuff was done before. Well, they're saying, that they, they're saying that even though this leads up to the Roman Reigns thing, and this was supposed to be the whole year leading up to the Roman Reigns match or whatever because that was supposed to be his, you know, ending because the last ride. But they apparently did add in a bunch of other stuff because of the AJ Styles uh, Boneyard match. So it actually is going to go past the Roman Reigns thing. Mm. Yeah, I'll, I mean, I'll check it out, but like this, Mark Calloway as a person to me is not super interesting. I know it sounds weird, but like I, I'm interested in some of the behind the scenes stuff, obviously, but I don't, I don't know. Uh, I'll, I'll catch it when I catch it, but it's not like a must-watch thing to me. Like, you know, when when Dark Side of the Ring drops that Owen Hart episode, I'm gonna watch that the same night. Yeah. So, like, I, it it looks fine. I'll I'll catch it eventually, but it's not like a must-watch thing for me. Well, it's really well done. I like it. Um, I'm excited to see the next episode. Um, but I'm always into stuff like that. Like the like that fucking the last dance thing on ESPN with the Jordan. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, the that Jordan. shit is the Jordan. <laughs> well, well. They 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 pump it up like it's about that last year, but it's really about all of their years. They just go in these weird orders and go through this timeline like a fucking Quentin Tarantino movie. Yeah, that shit is awesome. I don't know if you've seen that or not, but I've heard people talk about the really time fucking jump, good. But it's really fucking good. They they cover everything, but it's in different like they go back and forth. It's I like how it's done. Um all the people that they got to do for it like but i just like stuff like that stuff that you were a big part of when it happened but you didn't get all the behind the scenes shit at that time because you weren't allowed to or it wasn't available it's crazy that they had that much stuff behind the scenes with the jordan stuff uh and then they air it all these years later so i thought that was weird like how people do that like see if it was me man i wouldn't be able to hold on to that shit that long i'd be like Dude, I gotta fucking, I gotta show this to the world. <laughs> like, how you hold on to that shit for like 22 years? That's fucking insane. Um, okay, so I'm actually gonna do uh, stiff shots 
and then we'll take our first break. Is that cool with you? Yeah, that's fine. All right, Stiff Shots, uh, brought to you by Sleeves.com. Sleeves designs and produces custom compression gear, everything from arm and leg sleeves to headbands, bandanas, t-shirts, and jerseys. Sleeves carries over 200 different designs for everyone from kids to adults, and now it just got even better because if you use the promo code MONSTER25, that's MONSTER25 without the vowels, M-N-S-T-R-25, you'll get 25% off your order, even on discounted items. So go to Sleeves.com for your activewear accessories now and use our promo code MONSTER25, that's M-N-S-T-R-25 for 25% off your order, and get your gear on. All right, so uh, got a couple things for Stiff Shots. Uh, say what you want about Paige's taste in men, which is clearly not good, but at least she got away from Alberto Del Rio when she did. Del Rio was arrested on domestic violence charges, and the details that have come out about what happened are disturbing, to say the least. Do you know anything about the story? Yeah, I read it. Fucking uh, insane. Yeah. Now, this is a guy that was three weeks ago saying that he was in talks with WWE to come back, and then WWE said, uh, fuck no, we've had zero talks. And uh, good thing they haven't, because what an idiot. He says that shit all the time, though, so he can get bookings in other places that he can no-show. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's just a he's a weird piece of shit. Um, I'm I'm glad that he's very likely going to go to jail for a while on this one because this is fucked. Like, it's, is the, it's, uh, can ugh. we say do we? Okay, uh, I don't know on the scale of things. I'm just saying this because it, he's newer in the realm of um, going to jail and shit and being booked, but. Can we say that he's the Spanish version of Teddy Hart at this point? <laughs> he's not. He's uh, fucking mm -hmm. Teddy Hart is the shit that Teddy Hart has done is not this bad. I wouldn't I wouldn't say that. I think it's pretty equal. Uh Teddy Hart's done some shit, but as far as I know, he never like he's uh, I know that he's been um, accused of some stuff, but those charges were dropped as far as I know. And he did, he, he was arrested after assaulting his girlfriend with that whole thing with fucking, uh, Ace Montana and all that stuff. But I'm pretty sure he didn't fucking hold anybody hostage for days and shove a bunch of stuff inside them and fucking threaten to go kill their kid if they didn't do shit for him. Like, that's, Teddy Hart stuff is not great, but Alberto Del Rio seems a lot worse to me. No, no, I think it's pretty even. I'm pretty sure Teddy Hart's been accused of rape as well. If I'm yeah, he's mistaken. been accused, but those charges were dropped. That don't mean it didn't happen. It doesn't mean it didn't happen, but it, it, this is. But the difference between that is the they weren't dropped by the women. They were dropped by the police department for being not credible enough to proceed with charges. So it wasn't like it, it wasn't like. So they fucking uh, I don't know, man. It's it's just not the okay. Same. Okay, well, okay. Well, let me put it in a different light for you. O.J. Simpson was acquitted of fucking killing uh, two people, right? But that had enough evidence to go to grand jury and then pass grand jury and go to trial. But he got acquitted, though. But this is not even an acquittal. This is straight up. They they did not have enough of a credible story to even bring charges in the first place. That's two wildly but, different things. But my point is, in do you know how easy it is to get a trial in grand jury, dude? You just you just have to be able to say yeah that could have happened. That's how you get a you get a, a trial beyond grand jury. So well, my point is he is technically not a murderer even though we both you're missing the that, point still, which is I that I don't think I am though. Okay, let me let me just go back then. The fact that OJ's trial or OJ had a trial at all 
means that that accusation was a lot more credible than something that doesn't even pass grand jury. You can end up in a trial on complete bullshit. If it doesn't get past a grand jury, that means that there was basically nothing at all. But, even... but OJ can't pay someone off like they could because the person that he was fucking accused of is fucking dead because it was a murder charge. You think it was a payoff? You think Teddy Hart had the, the money to do a payoff? For the fucking thing back in the day with the rape? Yes, I do. At that time, yes, he was a back big deal day, at that time. Like four or five years ago. But well, then he's been accused more than once then. But anyway, the Teddy Hart shit, no. Like if you and again, it's not the women that dropped the charges, so this would not be a payoff. You're still missing that. This was the police department and the the prosecutors and the DAs and shit, they were basically like, Yeah, there's not enough here to to even bring charges or to or they brought charges and then they were like there's not enough here to pursue so in the legal system if you get accused of something you get arrested for something you get charged with something the next step in that process would be a grand jury to determine hey are these charges credible like do, do we have enough evidence here to say that this even remotely has a possibility of having happened if we do then great we can go ahead and, and set a trial date and go ahead and have a real trial he didn't get past that part with that with those accusations which means there was not enough credibility to those accusations to even get to a trial. Like that's not even remotely the same thing as the OJ shit. Not even close. And there's no payoff here. You don't. He didn't pay off the fucking police. Like you're talking about like an out of court financial settlement with the accusers. That's not what happened here. They're not the ones that dropped the charges. Well, I still stand by what I said. Teddy Hart is just as bad as fucking Alberto. Teddy Hart right? is a piece of shit. Nobody's arguing that. I'm just saying it's not really the same thing. No, I, I'm saying it is. Well, well, I'm saying. Well, I'm not saying it's the same thing. I'm saying it's a lot closer than what you're saying it is. I'll I'll say that if if those accusations were credible enough to have passed a grand jury, then yeah, I I understand where you're coming from. But having been accused of shit myself in the past, that was complete fucking nonsense. When I was four hours away in a completely different city. I'm going to go ahead and say if the accusations aren't credible enough to get past the fucking grand jury, then I, I don't really put any weight to that it. That only happened in this – this only happened once to you, correct? Uh, yeah, it happened once. So not the, your entire life like Teddy Hart then, correct? I don't have – I'm not in the public eye like Teddy Hart. I don't, oh, so, well, he didn't have enough money before to do anything, but you now being he's in, in the, the public, public eye. eye makes you more susceptible on, to man. having claims it against – It just him. happens to be the same dude over and over. Yeah, because they, then they believe that their next claim would be more credible because you've got a history or precedent. Pattern of behavior. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's happening to Enzo right now, right? Uh, no. Do, does Enzo have something new? Enzo's no. That's my point. I mean, the the difference with the Enzo shit is that I'm pretty he's sure more he's in like, the public eye. You think Enzo is more in the public eye now than he was? Teddy Hart? Yes, life? ever. He's always been. He's he's never not fucking been more famous than, than when Teddy he was Hart. a wrestler. Like he's he's, he's still in the public eye though. Public Teddy guy. Hart's not a fucking wrestler right now either. Teddy Hart ain't shit right now. Exactly. Uh, Michael Elgin tweeted out the following on Thursday. I legit don't like wrestling anymore. Everyone is so soft. Everyone lets outsiders or fans dictate how we should be. I'm just uh, uh, I'm just staying off of here. So-called wrestlers have turned to nothing but a mockery of how people and wrestling should be. I don't like hating my profession. Tony Deppin and Alex Shelley responded, among others. Deppin said, I just don't listen to anyone. It's way easier and less stressful. You like what I do? Cool. You don't? Oh, well. Elgin replied to Tony Deppin saying, it's not the listening. It's the wrestlers trying to get brownie points for silly shit or just not acting like wrestlers. That 
uh, some of my biggest frustrations that have come from quarantine. Deppin then replied, well, that'd be lumped into wrestlers doing things that fans, uh, that fans like. Not, uh, I understand why they do it. They want to keep relevant, sort of, but I just want to wrestle and entertain people with my wrestling, and that's it. Alex Shelley then chimed in with a message to Deppin saying, Deppin, keep doing exactly what you're doing, and the way that you're doing it, you're awesome. Elgin then replied to Shelley, saying, agreed on that front, big fan of Deppin, hoping once this entire thing slows down and wrestling can resume, I can get a match with him. I want to point out that Elgin also replied to some fans, but the most significant response I found was this one. I know some people are going to see uh, these tweets and get upset, and honestly, that's fine. It's great to have a variety of body types, shapes, and sizes, but then the majority should be the outliers. Not, It's tough, but... Even besides that, I just want people to put in the work. No matter what size you are or how you look, you should focus on every aspect of what we do. Part of the aspect is the gym. It is watch what you eat. We've got away from that on a grand scale. So basically, this guy is mad about wrestlers being a shell of themselves. Or he is mad at guys who don't look like him or eat like him because they don't go to the gym at all or as often or making more money in his profession than he is. Uh... That used to, like, clamor for guys built like him. Michael Elgin's talking like he's fucking shredded. He's not. Yeah, like, he's. I, I mean, he's 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 big. Don't get me wrong. Like, he's, he's strong. So, he's got a lot of muscle mass, but he's fat. Fucking soft. You're calling people soft. So I feel like this is a shot at, like, a lot of AEW guys, like a Joey Janela, shit like that, who clearly, like, interact with their fans on a big scale, the, multi, the, like, a lot. Yeah, or not. Do don't look like fucking, him. It looks like he's jealous. It's just it's like a jealous shit. It's the Jim Cornette shit, but from a wrestler. That's really all yeah. it is. Yeah, and he tried to he tried to be nice about it, but we can see right through the shit. Like, you're just jealous, dude. Elgin's... You are jealous that you're at Impact right now and couldn't cut it in New Japan. Right. And you got fucking guys like Orange Cassidy who are more over than you probably will ever be. Yeah, it, it definitely is. It comes off sour grapes to me because Elgin's one of those guys where you could take him or leave him, and he always has been. Um, and don't get me wrong, like, he had some good matches in New Japan, but you could have thrown Jeff Cobb in those matches and they would have been better. So or, or Brian Cage, huh? Or Brian Cage? Yeah, or Brian Cage, and Brian Cage is is bigger He's and more stronger shredded than, than he is. Yes, Elgin yeah. by a lot. Yeah. Um, the yeah. other thing about that is too, like Elgin, you know, it's and I'll I have no problem making this accusation because it's not an accusation; it's just a fucking fact. Elgin, not everybody wants to be on fucking PEDs twenty four seven. Yeah, like. So guys like Janela and guys like Chucky e. T and fucking whoever else you're you're trying to call out with this shit, all you're really saying is, hey, um, I can't you, get over without this stuff. I can't get I, Hulk Hogan in the fucking '80s got over yeah. because he was on fucking D ball and Test, and I think that everybody else should have the same body type. Like you had the whole steroids trial in the '90s that basically confirmed this for everybody who fucking doubted it for some reason because y'all don't know shit about physiology, but. Human beings don't look like that, period. I don't give a shit how much – go look at fucking bodybuilders from the 30s, even when they had, had just started te- uh, experimenting with uh, exogenous testosterone. Even that long ago they were. And you don't have that kind of chest development. You don't have that kind of trap development. You don't have that kind of delt development. It's not fucking human. It's not human. It's just not how bodies work. So this shit about, oh, well, you know, you have to – you have to look like the wrestlers have looked. First of all, wrestlers, if you go back far enough, they were just fat fucks with skinny legs. How far back are we going? Like, yeah. do you not understand that this changes over time, too? So we should all look like what what decade of wrestlers? 60s yeah. wrestlers? 
Just fucking beer guts and skinny legs and fucking skinny arms? Is that what we're... Yeah, cause, because, I mean, you could go back further than that and go to the 50s and 40s or whatever, like the Luthezes and shit, and they yeah. were actually really in really good shape, but they definitely weren't fucking on roids and fucking shredded like a fucking... Yeah. It's, like it's, a Brian Cage or a fuck. Well, I'm not saying he's on roids, but you get what I'm saying. Like I am shredded as fuck. Yeah, well, Brian I know. Well, I'm just saying. He's admitted it on Instagram several times. Like it's not a yeah. it's not a secret. That's why I like Brian Cage. He's he's fucking not insulting anyone's intelligence. Yeah, I, I love Brian. But Cage, he's though. also but he's also going to be a person that doesn't fucking call other motherfuckers his peers soft. Yeah, I mean clearly because he's in AEW. So if he had a problem with it, like Michael Elgin does, he wouldn't have signed with AEW. That's he would have stayed with Impact. That's the other crazy thing I don't get about this is you're literally – taking taking stances like this is just talking yourself out of jobs. Why, yeah. why do it? Keep that shit to yourself if you – like let, let's shit on like a good fraction of my peers for no reason mm-hmm. because I feel like having a thought on Twitter. And also if you want to talk about people being soft, it's pretty fucking soft mentally to sit there and say, oh, I got to get off this platform because other people's opinions just affect me so much. Yeah. That's fucking soft. But then the funny thing is, is like I got to get off of here, and then he literally has a whole conversation, <laughs> right? Like, uh, how long did you get you, off for? Us? Ten minutes? Yeah, yeah. Until you got the first reply, and then you replied to everybody, uh-huh. and like, really, dude? Yeah. And Tony Deppin is not a big dude either, so let's not let's not change course and act like, oh, I would love to have a match with Tony Deppin. He's not soft, even though he's fucking right in line with the rest of the AEW, uh, quote unquote, Kevin Nash vanilla midgets, right? So. Uh, come on, man. For real? Yeah. His, don't his, don't backtrack immediately after you did it. It. I mean, it's funny to talk. It. It's funny to talk shit about guys like in general. Like that's it's it's funny how it's easy to do that. Like you can talk shit about people's body types in general, but as soon as one specific person says something, then you're like, oh, not you, man. Like you're good. Uh, I, I like your matches. Yeah. Well, look at everybody that you're trying to generalize and look at their matches individually too. They're good wrestlers. Yeah. You're, you're not going to convince me Joey Janela is not a good wrestler because he's not fucking 260 pounds. Yeah. So. Agree. Yeah, I thought it was a sour great post for sure. Um, so basically, so basically, what it's what's going on in his quarantine is he's going on Twitter, he's posting stuff, he's not getting the reaction like these other people that he thinks he's superior than because he looks better than them uh, from a physical standpoint, and then eventually just. Eventually, just fucking ate him up so much that he had to fucking tweet about it. That's basically what I saw. That's that's what I gathered from those tweets. I mean, and, and then Alex Shelley jumping into the conversation. Alex Shelley is one of the smallest motherfucking wrestlers out there. Yeah, it's it's funny. Like I don't I don't understand somebody who's like he hasn't had a. I, I would say his he had a good match. Um, God damn it! It was like earlier this year he lost. Um, it was uh he lost to Eddie Edwards in Impact. Like that was a decent match. He had some good matches in the New Japan Cup uh, last year. Yeah, talk about soft. You left New Japan to go to Impact. Yeah, hack it. That's that's the definition of soft to and, me. And Big Gaijin over there, like if you're good, they they love that shit. You yeah. can you can play. Yep. Yeah, and it, he just ask Archer. Yeah, no shit. So it, is Archer soft because he's not fucking shredded? Or is he is he tall enough to make it okay? Like, what what's your criteria here? 
Well, well, the, and then I don't want anybody listening to this and then being like, well, Archer left uh, New Japan. Well, Archer's contract was up, one. Yeah. Number two, he could have signed back with New Japan, 100%. whereas Michael Elgin probably – they probably didn't give a fuck either way if he came back or not. And, and Archer, Archer actually Archer had, had good had matches. Archer had a fucking title reign. <laughs> yeah, and he had good matches over there. Yes, all that stuff. Uh, Archer had his pick to where to go. Elgin right. does not because if Elgin had his pick, I he promise you it would have been an impact. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Uh, okay, so we're going to take our only break of the show when we get back, big deal or not, nah, and the top five matches of the week. I got a lot of extra ones this week. Um, and we can actually, uh, we'll, I'm sure throughout that top five, we'll be able to go over AEW, which we haven't really got to uh, dive into yet so far. Yeah, so we'll do that on the other side of this. One complaint. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the MonsterCast. I'm your host, Jack Dahl Jr., joined, obviously, with the co-host, Ryan. We are back, and Big Deal or Not is brought to you by the Great North Apparel. You shouldn't have to choose between quality and sustainability. Every time you make a purchase with the Great North, you are planting trees and preserving our lands, removing garbage from our oceans, and contributing to a sustainable environment. And now you can use our promo code, MonsterCast, in all caps, for 30% off your order. Just go to the Great North Apparel or the Great North.net rather. Uh, Drew Gulak. No longer with WWE as his contract has expired. He doesn't have to adhere to a 90 day no compete clause either, so he could literally show up on Dynamite, Impact, etc. next week if he wanted after just being on SmackDown in the first round of the IC title tournament where he lost to Daniel Bryan. Big deal or nah? Um, I like that. I like that Bryan went out of his way to give him. A lot of shine on his way out so that he'd have more options because if you look at drew gulak six months ago and let's say that his contract ended six months ago people would know that he's a good wrestler but he wouldn't really have any big name recognition nobody would be like i don't feel like they would be clamoring to have him or have something in mind for him immediately they would they might want to pick him up but it's not like they would be making him a, a big part of their show yeah after this series of matches with brian and the shit that he's been doing lately he's gotten so much more name recognition and so much more appreciation for his ability just based on those few matches alone that I think that he's an easy get for like, it's a no brainer for anybody to pick him up at this point, which is great. Um, big deal. It's a big deal for him. It's not as big a deal for WWE who really wasn't utilizing him anyway, as much as they should have been. Um, I don't know where he goes. I'm not, I've never heard anything about him on a personal level as far as anything that would, belie any sort of uh, you know bias that he have might have towards staying in WWE like he's got family or that he's worried about getting millions of dollars for versus hundreds of thousands somewhere else or whatever I think he would be great in NWA I think he'd be good in AEW um, he'd be if they fucking keep doing stuff with him in WWE I wouldn't see I wouldn't hate to see him in WWE but what I worry about is that they started giving him a little bit more to do at the end of his contract to sort of convince him to stay and resign, um, and then now they think you know they'll now he let his contract expire as like a negotiating tactic or whatever they're going to try to get him to stay. Um, I don't know, man. I, I don't. That's that's the hard part about that. I, I don't know if WWE has enough legitimate interest in keeping him to do something to really to to negotiate at this point. So they might just they might just be letting him go, letting him go. Um, I don't know if they're still trying to fight to keep him. But or just uh, like okay, his contract came up. We're on good terms. Uh, let him go do whatever he wants to. And during the quarantine, when we get back with everybody, we'll see if he's interested. Type deal. Make sure he didn't sign anything. 
with another company, and then we'll bring them back when we have live crowds again. Something like that could yeah. also be on the table. Could be. But you never know. I, I would like to see him go somewhere else where he gets more more time. I think that he does really good he's, – his his character work to me was I – could, I, I could really see him in uh, like the Best of Super Juniors 2 or whatever. Or, ain't that coming up? Best of Super Juniors? It might be. Or is it supposed to be coming up? Who knows? In case they don't fucking <laughs> push that back uh, or cancel it as well. But I'm pretty sure that's supposed to happen soon. He could be in that. He could be if they end up having it. But as far as I, last I heard, New Japan is canceling shit for a yeah. long time. Yeah. So who knows? Um, would you, but yeah, would man. You, would you like to see a match between him and like a Zack Sabre Jr. in New Japan? I want to see a match between him and fucking Shingo. And I want to see him and Osprey. Like there's a bunch of people I would love to see him against. Okay. But yeah, him and Shingo is, is up there for me is something that would be super interesting. Because you got, you got Shingo who's, who wrestles more like a, a powerhouse fucking like monster uh junior and then you've got drew gulak who's super technical but he's more to me drew gulak is a more credible version of zach saber jr who doesn't do as much goofy shit or slow down matches as much and i'm not the biggest zach saber jr fan like i've made that clear a few times i'm pretty sure yes but i i like it's not that i don't like technical wrestling it's just that i don't like how every match has to revolve around what zach's able to do and you don't get that with Gulak. Yeah. So he Gulak conform, can work he with conforms, anyone. Yeah, he conforms to whatever they're doing. Like he meshes, right. he tries to mesh. Whereas every Zack Saber Jr. match, it don't matter if you're a fucking monster. Somehow you're doing fucking technical wrestling with Zack Saber Jr. Yeah. Um. Okay, so that's our one big deal or not. I got the dumb tweet of the week for you, and it's really not even the Otis one from earlier. That was like a bonus one for you guys. Um, <clears throat> I got one from at Mukachi from Twitter. Uh. He tweets out, Roman Reigns greater than CM Punk. Here's his reasoning. Roman Reigns, four WrestleMania main events. CM Punk, zero WrestleMania main events. There's levels. Uh, I quote tweeted this, of course, not as just a CM Punk fan, but just um, as a logical fan. Uh, I said, that's like saying Hogan is better than Macho Man because Hogan had like seven WrestleMania main events and Savage had one dumb. No, um, you, know what it's, you know what it's really like? Here, here's a good example. Uh, it's like saying that uh, Mr. T is a better wrestler than Macho Man. Yeah. Well, Mr. T was in two fucking WrestleMania main events. Um, Hulk Hogan greater than Macho Man. Hogan seven Mania main events. Macho Man one levels. That's what he replied to me with. So I'm pretty much sure he's a fucking troll. And then he said, in all seriousness, though, Hogan drew more than Macho Man. Yeah, because he was supposed to, genius. Hogan was a face. Macho Man was a fucking heel. If you go back and you tell me who was Hogan's biggest rival in WWF, the answer is fucking Macho Man. And there's a reason why. Because Macho Man was good at his fucking job. Yeah. Uh, So that is one of the dumbest tweets I've seen in a few days. So I'll give it to him. Oh, that you know what I also means is that uh, Lawrence Taylor is an equal wrestler to Macho Man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> correct, 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 correct. Um. Anyway, top wait, five... Macho Man was only Macho Man was in two. No, he wasn't. The Ric Flair match was not the main event. No, dude, Ted DiBiase. That was his one main event. But then he lost the to Hogan. Oh yeah, that's right. So two. Because I had initially put two, but then I was like, nah, because I was thinking the Ric Flair one, but that wasn't the main event, that WrestleMania. Yeah, he did lose to Hogan at five, but yeah. he won 
He won against DiBiase for the title at four, yeah. God, they had the longest pay-per-view of all time. Anyway, but yeah. Um, Okay, so you're right. So two, but still, I mean, seven to two. Jesus Christ. Yeah. But anyway, but yeah, and it should have been three, but the fucking Hogan fucking Sid match went on last instead of Flair versus Savage. Oh, Sid's got two. Sid's got two because Sid did the the Taker match. Yeah. Yeah. God damn, dude. Yeah, that's a really good criteria there. Yeah. Uh, Mr. T and Psycho Sid are better wrestlers than fucking CM Punk. Get out of here. Yeah. Um, and I like Reigns, but that is not how you measure how good somebody is. Yeah, I know. I, I, I didn't want to comment because I didn't want to look like I was a CM Punk fanboy, even though I clearly am a big CM Punk, a CM Punk fan. But, yeah, that's just – I can't let that I can't let that go without saying something, dude. That, I mean, it could have said Roman Reigns uh, greater than uh, whatever, Dean Ambrose, because I don't think Dean Ambrose has ever been in the main event at WrestleMania. You're not going to tell me that Roman Reigns is better than Dean Ambrose because Dean Ambrose has zero fucking WrestleMania main events. Like, shut the fuck up, dude. So it could have yeah. been anybody that he would have put zero with. If he's, if they're a better wrestler than Roman Reigns, they're a better wrestler than Roman Reigns. That's just – who gives a fuck? It's not my fault that WWE missed the boat by not having CM Punk in fucking multiple WrestleMania matches. You, you know what you should have replied? Stone Cold Steve Austin was only in three. As far as I know. He beat The Rock at X7. He beat The Rock at X5. And then he had the Shawn Michaels match at 14. So he was only in three. Yeah. Possibly. So, so Stone Cold is a worse wrestler than Roman Reigns. <laughs> it's just stupid. Yeah. All right, you deserve that award, buddy. You're yeah, you got man. it. You won it, buddy. Good I mean, job. if you were, if that's what you were aiming for, if you were like, "Hey, man, how can I get on the show this week?" You got on. All right, top five matches of the week brought to you by Ray's Energy Drinks, 300 milligrams of caffeine. You can take it as a pre-workout or whenever you need an extra boost throughout the day. Zero sugar. You can buy it from GNC, Crunch Fitness, Planet Fitness. And more, but if you go to repsports.com or Google Raise Energy, you can get there as well pretty fast. You can use our promo code MONSTER and then get 15% off your order. And you can also select auto shipping and get an additional 10% off your order as well. So go to repsports.com and use the promo code MONSTER for 15% off your order and raise some hell. I've got a lot of matches this week. I've got nine. I have decided... That the ninth spot will go to everyone in the Money in the Bank match from the women and the from the women and the men, and I will give them three points apiece because I was thoroughly entertained overall, and I like the effort that they all put in given the circumstance. However, I don't know how to rate that fucking match, so I didn't give it a star rating because I don't understand how the hell I would even go about doing that. Um, and there was a couple things that I didn't like as well, but the effort put in by everybody with uh, what the fuck it uh, came out to be. Uh, I was actually entertained with it for the most part. So I'm going to give everybody three points in that Money in the Bank match. So besides that, obviously, I have three um, I have three uh, honorable mentions. Um, I have four because, I've, as we've been talking about the week, I started remembering more matches, and I was like, okay, okay so, right, right. Okay, right. well, since I went ahead and did my nine then, okay. I guess you could – you only just throw out all my honorable mentions and you can throw out all yours, or do you have them ranked? I do not. I did not rank honorable mentions. Okay. All right. So then I'll go ahead and say that I have Kylie Ray versus Tasha Steeles from Impact at three stars. I've got Nick Aldis and Tom Latimer versus Marty Skrull and Brody King from NWA with three stars, and I have Matt Hardy and Omega versus Proud and Powerful from AEW with three and a fourth star. Okay. I also have Hardy and Omega versus Proud and Powerful on mine. Um, I have uh, Brody Lee versus Christopher Daniels. I have Hardy and Cesaro. And I have the McIntyre and Andrade match from uh, from Raw the other night. Okay. 
I have my number five this week is Hikaru Shida versus Britt Baker versus Chris Statlander versus Penelope Ford from AEW three and a quarter star. Yeah, I like that match. It didn't make my list, but I I like that match. Um, I thought the the one Poison Rana spot was pretty fucking oh, yeah, that was scary funny. looking. But uh, does it not feel like? Well, technically that wasn't Ford's fault. We all know that Chris Statlander was the one that makes that bump. Right. Um, but it just. It sucked that it was Penelope Ford that was doing it because, like, it seems like in every other one of her matches she has this one really bad yeah. botch. So that kind of makes her look bad even though it wasn't her fault as right. well. But Yeah, yeah for, Statlander, for anybody Statlander's wanting to lucky. give her shit about that, like, that yeah, was not, 100% Statlander's fault. fault. It was definitely Statlander's fault, and Statlander's lucky she didn't break her fucking neck, honestly. Yeah. She that did not. Brutal. She, she kind of – I mean, Penelope Ford kind of lost her – grip on her about halfway through but that's still statlander's fault for not rolling through with it at the right time yeah so yeah uh don't don't give penelope ford shit about that and if statlander's there anything, if there was anything that might have been penelope ford's fault too because we don't know because obviously we weren't doing the move but she could have been putting too much weight on her fucking neck instead of leaning her back, to come back. Yeah, yeah 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 so that could have been possible too because penelope ford um she's thick so it's not like she was like i mean we're talking about chris statlander Who's a big girl trying to do a fucking backflip with somebody on their fucking shoulders? Yeah, you know? it seems like a weird choice to me to have her do that move. To yeah, begin with. I agree. Especially I, not like I thought it should have been the opposite way, but whatever. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, okay, so your number five is my number five was the four way tag: uh, New Day, Forgotten Sons, Lucha House Party, and Miz and Morrison. I thought that okay. one was a, a fun match. It wasn't enough to get super high on my list because it was like it was. I like the the last third of it was my favorite part but it, it took a little while to build up like it wasn't as i thought it should have started out like completely chaotic and then gone all the way through at the same pace but i, I get that that's hard to do too with eight guys who all have to you know have their spots but um four-way tags i just feel like it shouldn't have been as structured as it was at the beginning of the match necessarily i had fun watching though i thought it was a, a surprisingly good match i thought it was going to be kind of because i didn't really give a shit about forgotten sons lucha house party or i can take them or leave them but um in certain match types they're fun uh but yeah i thought the right people won and it was i was i was entertained so that's my number five my number four is matt riddle versus timothy thatcher from nxt i gave it three and a third star uh my number four was rollins and mcintyre from money in the bank um but I'll go ahead and give you my three, too, since that's Riddle versus Thatcher, and we can talk about that. I'll give but... you my three, then, because mine was the four-way <laughs> uh, tag team match for Money in the Bank with New Day winning. Yeah, Riddle and, Riddle and Thatcher I thought was really good. Um, like, they had a, a really good match. I'm not – I see where they're going with it, so I understand the finish. But did you feel like Riddle just, like, they made him look too bad on this show? Uh, No, because – okay, so – my go, my thing going in was I actually thought Riddle was gonna lose in the main event, so I'm glad he won. So okay. I think that win that win alone saves him. I also think that it makes sense. You know how everybody says if you get if you get into a fight and you're just going based off of anger, you're probably losing that fight because you're not thinking. And I mm -hmm. thought that's what they were gonna do with Riddle because you know he was pissed the entire fucking show. He wanted this match, so he goes in and then he gets caught off guard because he's not thinking because he's blinded by rage or whatever. So right. I don't think that he looks terrible but i also think about it more in depth than most uh wrestling fans too so i think he still looks good but i do think that it also made timothy thatcher look good yeah and like a credible threat for sure which is probably um, what they wanted to do because you know when they come back now you got another star on your hands with yeah. fresh matchups that you can put them in because everybody else is back and it's like oh 
think about all the shit we can do with Timothy Thatcher now type deal. So let's see. I really loses... want to see a Timothy Thatcher versus Tyler Bate match, by the way. The thing, the thing with the Riddle thing to me is he loses the fucking tag titles. He gets attacked backstage. Um, he he wins the match off of a roll up, and then he gets. But he, lo- but he lost the titles two on one. I get it, but he's just okay. there's a well, lot of so things. What I'm saying show. is he's protected though. I'm saying they're protecting the shit out of him the entire what? show. So yeah, the it was real... a down show for him, but you can't have the face win every goddamn week. Yes, but do you have to have him lose three fucking times? Well, they, I guess they didn't have nobody else there. Because he gets he loses the titles, he gets beat up backstage, and then even after his his roll up win, yeah, which well, he only got up, because there... the guy had a knee lock, then he puts the dude he gets put in a fucking armbar and starts like screaming and tapping his. I I don't I don't like how they had him. They had to keep Timothy Thatcher strong and Riddle strong because they're going to show us this match probably two or three more goddamn yeah. times. It's my NXT real, my real problem with it is not the – I guess it's not even how it all played out. It's really Riddle's reaction to the armbar. Like I just thought it was way – it kind of gave me that same vibe as like when Seth was overacting about The Fiend and you're just kind of like, come on, man. Like it's hard for me to root for you when you're being like that. Like and I get that it's an armbar and it fucking hurts, but like tapping out and shit, it's a, it's a post match fucking armbar. Tapping out is not gonna make him let it go. Tap, uh, I didn't like the tap out either. I think he could have just pounded his fist into the mat and it would have yeah. been better. Yes, that would have been better than tapping out. Like tapping out, he's not letting go, dude. This is clearly not a match. There's no reason to tap out. And I don't like the fact that this one little bullshit referee is gonna not do anything except dance around and run around back and forth. And there's nobody else running out because I've always not liked. When they do a heel move like this and nobody comes out and like just basically pulls Breaks them up. off. It's fucking yeah. stupid. Like, yeah. okay, let's just go ahead and fuck up our fucking cash – one of our cash cows on NXT by, you know, just basically breaking his fucking arm. Because we don't have enough people already, yeah. right? Well, the other thing about it is too, like, <laughs> does Matt Riddle – well, maybe maybe not. It is Matt Riddle. But does Matt Riddle not have any friends backstage except for fucking Pete Dunne? Like – yeah. I mean, I nobody guess, else that doesn't, have, that doesn't that doesn't exclude fucking staff and yeah, uh, tri- road agents and Triple shit, H yeah. <laughs> or Shawn Michaels. Yeah, coming out there. Yeah, exactly. And pulling his ass off. Yeah, I agree. That's that's my issue with it. I don't really care that no other wrestler came out. But yeah, fuck that's it, my bread and butter. Uh, OK, so we did four and three. Right. So you're yeah. so my number two then is. Uh, did you do number three? My three was Riddle and Thatcher. Okay, got you. All right, so uh, my number two is Daniel Bryan versus Drew Gulak. I gave it three and three-quarter star. Did you watch something I didn't watch? Because I did not have that at, at number two. My number two is Best Friends versus Jurassic Express, which pr- no, might not even I, be on your I only list. Gave, no, it's not. I only gave it three stars. I didn't. I, I love that match. I thought that yeah. was really good for both of them. I, I, mean, thought, it, the, I thought it was in, I mean, it was in the conversation, obviously, because my lowest thing is three stars, but no, it didn't make the list. There's too much I thought that was. I thought that was one of the best matches I've seen all week. They, the way they played off of each other was really fucking good. I liked Trent looking strong. I liked I, – I wasn't a huge fan of some of the interference stuff, but, like, it was still good. It set up so much stuff at once. You set up Wardlow Luchasaurus. You set up fucking Phoenix Cassidy. You, you put best friends over in a way that makes them look strong. You put Jurassic Express down in a way that doesn't really hurt them that much because, you know, they lose quite a bit. But this loss doesn't hurt them as bad. You're starting to make best friends into serious tag team contenders. Like I thought they were already serious tag team contenders before that. Like when they came out, I already knew best friends was going to win. Like I sure. like I like this match, and not just and again, you know, we grade stuff differently. So obviously, just based on the wrestling, wrestling, like I would say, sure, you know, like look at 
Riddle Thatcher or, or Rollins McIntyre even. And were, was the wrestling better? Like, yeah, sure, in parts. But broader scale, like having this match, the way they did the match, the way that a lot of stuff branches out from this match, I thought this was I thought this was great. So I had it as my number two. Well, I'm like, I don't, I don't, well, I wouldn't put it that high on my list, but it could have made my top five on another week if I wasn't watching all this other stuff and we didn't have the pay-per-view and stuff like that. Because if you think about it, I got two matches. Yeah, I didn't watch the NWA. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I have an NWA and an Impact match on here. So, so yeah, I mean, it could have made it, obviously, without that, without those matches and without Money in the Bank. I think it could have made it because, I, like I said, I, I had it rated, gave it three stars, it dropped out type deal like it wasn't. It didn't meet my criteria to be in the top five, no. But I can how see why you, you have it on the top five. How do you book Wardlow Luchasaurus without making Wardlow look like shit, but without burying Luchasaurus? Uh, I don't know. I think it. I think the best way to go about that is like a Goldberg Brock Lesnar type match at first, and see how how like make it really short, right? Um, I don't know who the fuck you would have go over, and maybe even just you know a double count out or something. Like if it's not not is it going to be on the pay per view? Uh, or is it on the next week's show? I don't. Because if it's on if it's on AEW Dynamite, I think you could do a double count out, double DQ, something like that, and do like a hard hitting two or three minute match, and then just gets out of hand type deal, and that would be fine for a TV match. You can't do that on a fucking pay per view. People get pissed. Um, well, so I guess it depends on when they fight. They're not, as far as I know, they're not scheduled to fight. I'm just saying that they've been setting up that story for a while. Yeah. So well, yeah, I mean it's not it a depends, double or nothing. It just, well, it just depends on how we get there and when when they actually fight. So if it's on a TV show, I think you can actually prolong it to a pay per view match with a double DQ or double count out, something like that. Yeah, I think at a certain point, like Wardlow's been Wardlow winning. has to. Yeah, he's been winning. He he won a couple matches, but like yeah, but Luchasaurus not even really a singles wrestler at this point. He hasn't had that many singles matches, if any at all. Yeah, but he's real over too, so they need to be careful with that. Yeah. Because on one hand, you've got this guy who's clearly money if you put him over. But then on the other hand, you've got the risk of the MJF Wardlow thing losing credibility if Wardlow loses too much. So it's yeah. it's a it's a hard balance to strike. I, I'm curious to see how they do that. And this is one of the reasons why I wish they would have introduced the trios titles. Because Luchasaurus could go in there, lose the Wardlow, but he could still be like a trios champion right now and still be fucking over and still have credibility. Yeah, especially if you make the whole – the thing about trios is that like – one guy in a trios might not be the greatest single wrestler, but as a cohesive unit, they're way better. Yeah, and exactly. where the fuck are Pac? And uh, is he not able to get over? Cause he he's... might not be able to. Correct. Okay. He might not be able to because I haven't okay. seen him in a long time. Death Triangle hasn't been showed up basically since we had a live crowd. That's so that's what I'm yeah. thinking. That is what I'm thinking. That sucks because uh, he's he's sorely missed. Um, uh, and then my, obviously my number one was Brian Gulak. Uh, my number one was McIntyre Rollins. Really? I gave it, yeah, I gave it four stars, Money in the Bank. Hmm. Didn't yeah. like that Rollins was in the match, right? I, Obviously, but there's no if good you way just to watch it, it, if you just watch it with that out of my mind, then yeah, it was really fucking good. Yeah, I thought it was a really good match too. And I love the shit on Raw after that we didn't get to talk about with Rollins basically looking like he never went to fucking sleep. He was like still in the same clothes, didn't do his hair. It looked like he had just gotten done with the match. How'd you no feel joke. about the? How do you feel about the handshake? What handshake? That he actually gave it to him? McIntyre and, and Rollins shook hands at the end of their match. Yeah, I know. Are you are you asking me if, how do I feel about what? That Rollins actually shook his hand? Yeah. Or, yeah, I don't care. Rollins is still in shock. He probably didn't even know that he shook his hand. 
Rollins fucking comes up out on, out on Raw. It looks like he didn't shower. He didn't change clothes. He didn't do anything. His hair was still the same. That's I'm pretty sure that's what they were trying to portray anyway. With the handshake? That he was still in or, shock. Well, yeah, no. I get all that, but I'm specifically talking about right after the match. Like, Yeah, I get that. I'm answering hand. your question. I said that he was just in shock. He didn't even know what the fuck happened. He probably didn't even know what the fuck he was doing. In fact, there was a lot of people that thought he was going to fucking turn face again randomly on Raw until he got hit by Mysterio. Yeah, I... And he went fucking nuts. <laughs> the only thing that I could think of that made it make sense to me was that it was a callback to the fucking Ring of Honor stuff. Their their code of honor, where you shake hands before and after the match. But, like, yeah, but I, didn't other than that, it, didn't, match, it didn't make sense to me. Well, they didn't shake hands before the match, and Drew McIntyre was never in Ring of Honor, so I don't see how yeah, that would be a callback to that. It'd be a callback for Rollins alone, but... Mm, that That's a reach. Yeah, that's the only thing that made sense, because otherwise, why the fuck do you have him do that? I get what you're saying, like, oh, he was just in such shock that he didn't. Uh, it's just, I don't, I don't get that. I don't. Oh, buy that's that. that's better than a Ring of Honor throwback. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was my number one. So where would where did you have McIntyre Rollins? You had it kind of low. I had it uh fourth. Okay. I had it under Thatcher and Riddle, and then I explained the best friends thing a lot, and then Brian and Gulak. So it wasn't. It's not like it was like anywhere. I it on when I was making my list, I knew that we were gonna have different lists this week, obviously. Uh, they were still pretty similar. Ways, but, uh, yeah, we had a decent amount of um, match. Those the same matches. They are obviously just in different orders and stuff. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, with my like, for instance, if this was a normal week and didn't have money in the bank, NWA or Impact might have even made the top five. You never know. So, couple things because um, I did mention before the break that I did have I, I do have one complaint about AEW right now. Correct. What right the now f- as a whole? Right now, with a specific character. Why the fuck do they have Brody Lee dressed in that goddamn outfit? I don't know. It is the worst. It makes no sense with his character. He's supposed to be like a, a businessman cult leader and comes out in a fucking party city Halloween vinyl shit with little fake stitches on it. Like, what the fuck is that? Put him I out think, there in yeah. business fucking slacks. And yeah, a goddamn the, black tank top. Black tank top. It looked like fucking Vincent McMahon when he wrestled. Yes! Yes! I agree with the black gloves. Yeah. I, I totally agree. He should definitely look like in Vincent McMahon's wrestling attire, for sure. I agree. 100%. It fits with the callbacks they're trying to do. It It's almost a callback to the Luke Harper character because he goes from the ratty jeans to the business slacks, and he goes from the dirty white tank top to the clean black one. Yeah. Like, it just makes so much more sense than the shit he's wearing. The shit he's wearing has nothing at all to do with his character. It looks bad. It looks cheap. It looks shitty. It looks cartoony. Like, I don't get it. I don't fucking get it. And I don't know what it is with wrestling companies in general, but like, and AEW's not as bad about it, but graphic design in the wrestling industry as a whole is just so fucking bad. Like, it's gaudy. It's ugly. They make so many shirts that no normal fucking person would ever wear. Like, I just, yeah, it's such a goddamn pet peeve of mine when I see something like... I've seen some awful wrestling design shirts, and I've seen some awful costume design. I fucking hate his ring attire. I have never been so turned off of a character because of what they're wearing as I am Brody Lee right now. Uh, I didn't like that he was in the main event. I mean, it's a weekly show. That didn't bother me as much. Yeah, I didn't like that as the main event. I've, I thought that the, uh, the Proud and Powerful versus Hardy and Omega should have been the main event. Yeah, I mean, it probably should have been considering all the big build up they're doing to the. And, and then you could announce the match afterwards. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I get that this 
involves the world title or whatever, but it's not Dean Ambrose in the match, so there's no reason for it to necessarily take place as the main event. You could have had the Dean Ambrose thing and all that shit after in the middle of the show. It wasn't necessarily needed. It didn't necessarily need to be done in the main event. I would have much preferred Jericho's crew signing off with the Stampede, uh, Stadium Stampede uh, challenge at yeah. the end of the show, because then everybody could be like, the show's ending, and we're all like looking at each other like. What the fuck is a stadium stampede match? And the way that's, they that's done the that last thing I should have remembered yeah. is Proud and Powerful could lose in the match. They don't have to do the in ring segment with Vanguard at all. They could just go cut backstage on the fucking Titantron and have Jericho have fucking caught Vanguard while Hardy and Omega were wrestling and then smash it backstage while Matt Hardy fucking has his little grief moment in the ring. Yeah. You know? Like that would have made just as much sense and it, it, it would have been and it could have been shorter. Yeah. Right? That way, if it was shot that way, it could have been a shorter segment, and you could have gave more time to another match that was on the show. Yep. Or maybe even got a whole other match in, like a squash match or something. Who knows? Yep. Uh, yeah, so I didn't I didn't like those little – I mean, that's nitpicking, obviously, but yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, and then fucking – the Brody Lee thing, man. Like, basically, he's – what was he? Like, that's a fucking Repo Man gear, right? Yeah, it's fucking – That's what, it's it, that's so what it reminds bad. me of is Repo Man type shit. Like, if you're going to have stitches on an outfit, man, they don't need to be fucking clip art stitches. Yeah, they don't it's be, just the whole thing is weird. Yeah, I I thought it was weird too. Um, uh, it's it's like a fucking knockoff Bludgeon Brothers outfit. Like, yeah. but even theirs look better. So I I hate it. I fucking hate it. Um, a couple other storyline things, but not from AW. The Lashley MVP thing. I yeah. like I like where they're going with it, but I did not like the the implementation of it on Raw. You have. MVP come backstage to tell Lashley, like, hey, man, you know, I can I can make your career better. Like, I can bring you up. Like, uh, you, you just work with me. Like, be on my team, whatever, and you could go a lot farther is basically what he's implying. Yeah. He goes out and has a three-on-three match and fucking loses. And then Lashley comes out to beat up R-Truth and tell MVP, like, okay, like, yeah, let's go backstage. We'll talk. Why the fuck would you want to be on this guy's team that's been promising you the world? You just saw him lose a fucking match. Yeah, I didn't like the part in the backstage area where he immediately talked to Lana, and then Lana's fucking screaming to the top her, at the top of her lungs. Like, well, I was, was like, fuck. "What the fuck is that, dude?" I was like, "Please break these motherfuckers up already." Yeah, I uh, there's, I like the idea of it, but some of the execution on it so far has just not made any sense. Yeah, and I still don't like the fact that Thorn and what's his face. Like, I, this is what I'm hoping. I'm hoping he gets Lashley. And then he drops the other two guys. Yeah, and like, then, I don't need y'all. I have Lashley. Fucking Alexander and Alexander Ricochet and Apollo. Get you all think they of turn? Them. You think they turn Ricochet? Uh, I don't see why not. He could play a cocky heel. He don't really. Oh, talk I'm anyway. not saying. He, I'm not saying he can't. I'm just saying, like, how much do you think they make on like merch from kids with that superhero shit? There's got to be a reason they keep pushing it. I don't know. I'd like to see I them make they it. I don't think they're making that much money on it, but I do think that if they uh, turned him heel. It would be fucking great because, like, as we all know, MVP is clearly the mouthpiece because none of the other ones can talk. So you got four dudes that can't Gosh, talk. And... Anyway, four dudes that can't talk and MVP. And then uh, I don't want to make it a race thing, but, you can, I mean, it's basically new nation of domination. Like, you're you're being treated unfairly. MVP sees something in you. He's he's the one building you up, and he's taking control, kind of like what Xavier Woods' uh, initial yeah. storyline was supposed to be with New Day. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so I would love to see those uh four guys to get or is it four five guys five guys That's together in a sta in a stable that would be badass yeah love it 
Um, the other, blah, 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 uh, blah, blah, blah. The, uh, the, we didn't announce it. We talked about it before we got on air, but, um, they did announce the two next participants for the, uh, the ladder match on Double or Nothing. It's Kazarian and Luchasaurus. So. Yeah, Kazarian and Luchasaurus. So we need one more. One more, and they may not announce the last one before the show. They might do it on Dynamite. We'll see. We'll but, find out. But we're going to have a prediction show. We're going. I think we're just going to do the prediction show being an audio show, and then we'll have the video cast be the the uh, immediate. Um, Are we considering Double or Nothing reaction. there WrestleMania? I'm considering it's being a big pay per view. Yes. Well, I guess I would, all AW ones would be big because they only oh, have yeah, four. That's true too, but they're also on Saturday, so it's easy for me to do it because I'm clearly <laughs> watching it live. I'm watching it live already, yeah, so it makes sense. Um, but yeah, definitely All In and Double or Nothing would be for sure ones. Mm. And then, I mean, if they keep the Revolution name next year, then I'm definitely doing that one again because look how good that one turned out to be. Yep. Uh, but anyway, but yes, if they, I mean Saturday wrestling, anything to have extra content or whatever. Speaking of extra content, uh, new Pro Wrestling Crate should be here sometime next week. I hope. Um, they sent me an email yesterday saying that they sent it out, so I'm excited for that. So check out the YouTube uh, Real MonsterCast page um, or us on Twitter, obviously, at Real MonsterCast, and I'll post it there um, for the unboxing of the new wrestling crate. Uh, and still waiting on Ryan's birthday gift. Hopefully it comes this week. We'll see. If it does, we'll get um, – his reactions to that on next week's show as well. Of course, we got the prediction show coming up. That'll probably be just audio. And then, of course, Saturday night you can join us. Video cast, immediate reaction of Double or Nothing from AEW should be really fun. Maybe we'll get an update on your birthday gift on that. You never know. Uh, so we'll figure all that stuff out. And thank you guys for joining us on the show today. It was a good one. And we will see you soon.